listening to the Rent Roll Radio Show with Sterling Chapman. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Danny Gonzalez, who's the CEO of Freedom Ventures Property Management and Realty. Danny started investing in real estate less than a year ago. He's been an agent for five or six years, but he has had some tremendous accomplishments in the last nine months. We actually connected on Instagram. He had been listening to the show and wanted to get on and just talking to him a little bit before the show. It sounds like he has got a lot going on. I was I, I jokingly called him the real estate Swiss Army knife. He's He's investing, he's selling real estate, he's running a brokerage, he's running property management. So it sounds like there's going to be a lot that he has to share with us today. So Danny, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. I really appreciate him. Excited to be here. So could you give us a brief rundown of just kind of how you got involved in real estate and and what you've been up to? Yeah. So like you mentioned, um, I've been an agent for about five or six years. I actually started down in Orlando, Florida. I'm, I'm currently in Birmingham. I've lived up here about almost two years now. And I'm excited to be here because I am a listener to your podcast. And sometimes, you know, it's, it's tough to, to really relate to some of the people that are doing larger numbers. You know, like some people have thousands of units, you know, <laughs> doing eight, $10 million deals. And so hopefully this episode is for someone who's kind of on the newer side. So like you alluded to earlier, really just started investing in real estate about nine months ago. And I built a portfolio of about 30 units. So single family home and duplexes. And so just, yeah, it's been a crazy whirlwind of a year. But out of that portfolio, I purchased a portfolio and now I've started a property management firm as well as run a brokerage. And I also do wholesaling and flips on the side, just kind of as, as side hustles. Awesome. So it sounds like you have a lot going on. And man, you couldn't be more right about interviewing the bigger guests and, and being unrelatable. So when I started the show, like, I, you know, I, I was chomping at the bit to get these high name folks. And, yeah. and what I found from looking at my downloads is like way more people listen to like the newer kind of yeah. guests that didn't have yeah. as much experience. Cause, and the feedback I kept getting from everybody was like, it's more relatable. You know, I hear a guy yeah. has 10,000 units, like, I need yeah. to figure out how to get my first five. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it really happens one at a time. And I think kind of preparing for this call is like, man, what what can I share with the listener? You know, and usually a listener is going to be someone who's trying to grow, trying to learn. I think, you know, having a goal that's achievable is is really good. You know, that's like in the past year, I would say that is the number one factor in my success. Because yeah, I mean, yeah, you could have 10,000 units, you know, and you could have these $100 million deals, but it's just so far-fetched that there's no belief behind it, you know, and actually believing in the goal that you have for for yourself and for your life. I feel like that's really the the difference maker. So what, how old are you? I'm 30. Okay. So, so you started in real estate when you were about 24, 25, what got you interested in going into real estate? Like kind of, what did you do before? Yeah. And what, what made you, and what made you, what made you interested in real estate? Cause it sounds like you started off selling real estate and then what yeah. made you want to make that switch from sales to, to investing? Good question, Ben. So I was actually a teacher before I became an agent. And so I taught middle school science and I loved it. You know, I love kids. I have two kids of my own and I love seeing them grow and being able to teach them and seeing them improve. But I knew at 24, 25, like I could either be a teacher for the next 40 years 
Or I could take this opportunity that was presented to me. So I go to church and someone in within my community group, he was, you know, he's been a super successful agent for 20, 30 years down in Orlando. And he was like, Hey, you know, I'm kind of getting older. I can't take on all the clients that I have. Would you be interested in being an agent? And I said, uh, no, (laughs) because I'm not, I've never purchased a house. I was 24 years old, man. I was like, you know, just happy with where I was. But yeah, I just really thought like, I was at a fork in the road and I saw this as an opportunity and just kind of after maybe two months, two to three months of just processing, kind of looking into what an agent really does and just the potential of, you know, the unlimited potential for income. I said, you know, when I'm, when I'm down the road, when I'm 60, 70 years old, am I going to regret at least giving this a shot? I knew I could always go back to teaching. I know that I could go back to teaching today, but I'm so glad that I took the, the path less taken, you know, kind of, took that risk, took that chance. And my life has never been the same. And I think really the the most important part of becoming an agent showed me that entrepreneur side, you know, like you as a business owner, you're the business is only going to be as good as you are as a person. So the ability to market, the ability to sell, the ability to manage people. I mean, there's just a ton of different things that go into running a business. And so I feel like it was a good segue from becoming a teacher and then becoming an agent. And then kind of what led me to the more investing side. You know, I was just talking to someone kind of because you're an agent, you talk to owners and I was talking to an investor who owned a ton of properties. And I remember him telling me, he's like, you know, like the 3% commission is great, but the real wealth in real estate is made through investing. And that kind of clicked in my head of like, I'm making, you know, somewhere between five and ten thousand dollars on a commission, you know, standard yeah, you know, two, on a dollar. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Compared to hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, and even millions of dollars as you get into the larger deals. So it just kind of made sense. And and so that kind of started down a path of like, you know, what does it look like to buy real estate? And um so I, I will say this was kind of the a turning point in my investing career because it from that initial conversation of, hey, don't just work for commissions, work for actual investing. And it was probably about a year and a half. So a year and a half of studying and learning and podcasts and all of that. I sat down to sell this. I sat down with an investor who has a portfolio of about 16, 17 properties. And I wanted to sell them. And what happened out of that meeting in Olive Garden really changed my life. Um, He showed me how he built that portfolio of 16 to 17 homes and I was so inspired and not only inspired Sterling, but I had this belief, this achieve, like this is achievable. This guy was making just, he was probably 50 years old. He was making, you know, like 15 grand a month. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, this is so, you know, like how does this like average man, you know, and, and he's a contractor, like, no, you know, he's not like not a baller. He's not driving a Maserati or anything like that, but that idea of like not having to work and get 15 grand a month. And then he laid out the plan on how he achieved that. Like after that, man, I just kind of went a hundred percent on, you know, I have certain goals, 10 grand a month in passive real estate. And again, that might be small for some people out there, but for me, that's more than enough to live on for my family and I. So that's kind of where, yeah, where I'm at right now. Cool. So I have a bunch of questions. One, how did he do it? You can't, you can't keep it in suspense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm glad you asked that because I literally tell everyone that wants to hear the story, I tell them because it's it inspired me in such a way that I'm like, this is like, why isn't everyone doing this? So what he did was he started with a HELOC, a home equity line of credit. And so what, sure. it, like he had about a hundred grand on this HELOC. And so for me, I had, 
I opened up a HELOC and I had about 60. So, I mean, the, the numbers are arbitrary. You could start with 20, you sure, can start with 100, sure. you can start with 200. But he bought a single family rental and then he rehabbed it. And because he was a contractor, he was able to kind of get good pricing. And uh, it's essentially the burr, but he didn't refinance. So every time that he rents it out, he did not put that $800, $1,000, $1,200 into his own account to go and you know eat or a vacation or anything like that. He put that $1,000 into a separate bank account and let that accumulate into buying another property. So in the next, say it's $1,000 for ease numbers. Here in Birmingham, you could buy a pretty decent house for about, say, 40 grand. Did uh, you... Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. Sure. No, um, no it's You right. mentioned being from Orlando, but you're in Birmingham now. Did you start being a real estate agent in Orlando? And I how, did. Yep. How was it? And did you... But you didn't start investing until you got to Birmingham? Yeah. So that's exactly right. Yeah. So I moved up to Birmingham about two years ago just to be closer to family. And so down in Orlando, I was an agent. And then I moved up here thinking I'd be an agent as well. And then that's kind of really where I started to pivot towards more of the investment side. Cool. Probably better cash flow market in Birmingham <laughs> than Orlando anyway. Yeah. Birmingham. And I don't necessarily want to throw this out there, but Birmingham is a hidden gem. I mean, there's so many opportunities for cash flow ROI. I mean, it just compared to a ton of other markets out there. And obviously I'm, I'm biased because I, I see the growth and I see the restaurants and I see the developments and I see because it's in my backyard, but Birmingham is a great market to invest in. And so, yes, I just so happen to be blessed to, to move into a market where the, I mean, I could, buy, my first house that I bought, I bought for $26,000 at an auction and I put 15 into it and it was worth 85. So it's like, you know, you can't do that in Orlando. In Orlando, it's just, you know, the cheapest house you can find nowadays because it's just booming down there is probably about 150 grand for a decent home. Yeah. Awesome. So how was it reinventing yourself as a real estate agent? Because you've built this network out and marketed to so many people. I imagine it helped if you had family back in Birmingham, but was that a, was that a struggle? Definitely. and, And the reason I, you know, my wife's talked about being a real estate agent over the years and, and we've looked at possibly moving with my job and, and it was like, yeah. well, if she starts the whole business here, is, is that really something you can transplant? It's very difficult, man. It really is because real estate is such a relationship driven business that it's just going to take a lot of work. And so I would say that first year of being an, a pure agent here in Birmingham, Man, I probably made forty grand when in Orlando I was making over hundred, and that's just on well, the, the commission the, side. The values of the houses are a lot higher as well. Yeah, yep, yeah, but just the volume of transaction wasn't nearly as much because you know it's just you don't have as many referrals. I mean, as long as she's willing to do the work, like, dude, anything is possible. You know, all it takes is one connection. Like, especially working with investors, if you do a good job on the first one, they'll want to buy again. Especially if they're high net worth, they're buying two or three months. So. It's all about who you know. Is if she's willing to put in the work, it's definitely doable. I would say it's just gonna. It really is gonna be a little bit more difficult as opposed to kind of having a little bit of a, a sphere of influence already as a foundation. Got it. So tell us about the the property management side of the house. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's that's funny. Uh, Are you managing properties in Baton Rouge by any chance? <laughs> I am not. No, I I got my hands full here in Birmingham. So. I bought a portfolio with two partners. Those are 42 single family rentals. And out of that, we needed a property manager. So I got my broker's license, ended up being a property manager for that, for those 42. 
And what we did is we sold a portion of the 42 to recoup the down payments and sold those 15 to out-of-state investors. And so I was able to sell the 15, but I was able to grow the property management company. And out of these relationships with out-of-state investors, I've been able to grow that property management company to over 100 doors in about six months. Um, and so, yeah, it's funny because I literally do, I, I didn't know anything about property management again, because I had been on the agent side and I only had one single family home, but it's been a steep learning curve. And I have a great team around me that allows us to provide a, an awesome service to our clients out there. So what does your property management company look like? What does the infrastructure look like? How, how many yeah. people work in it? How much do you pay it? How are your margins? I've, yeah. I've tooled around starting a property manager. I mean, I manage all my properties myself and it's got me pulling my hair out. So I've, I've definitely <laughs> been yeah. interested and I'm just curious how, how yours looks sure. specifically. Yeah. yeah. So I have two business partners, Aziz and Mora. Mora more runs the kind of the marketing, social media side. Aziz handles the contracting side, kind of maintenance and dealing with the contractors. And, and then I deal with kind of the everything else. So approving applicants, screening them, dealing with the owners, growing the business. And then we also have a VA in California, Ty, who handles all of the assistant work. So she's she really is a huge asset to our team. What, she kind of does the day-to-day stuff. What is it? What type of, of tasks do you find that you're able to outsource to a virtual assistant? <sighs> Man, I am actually in the process of hiring another VA like this week. And so we will be really giving her everything that is computer-based. So everything from scheduling a contractor to go to do a repair, even receiving applications, screening them, handling the phone calls. So I'm just inundated with hundreds of phone calls a day that go to my phone call, to my own personal line. So that's what I'm most excited about. But anything that that could be done through a phone or a computer, they'll be handling. Awesome. Yeah. And that, that works. Obviously it works out well if you want to buy more, if you want to <laughs> hire more, how much do they, do they typically call it? What's the going rate for virtual assistants? Yes. Yeah, so the one in California, we, we pay her $15 an hour. And then we're actually looking at Aniquim, which is a property manager VA kind of, they, they help, you know, structure everything with them. It's somewhere between eight and $11. We haven't found the, the right person yet, but it'd be in that range. Cool. And now yeah. do y'all have an office for the property management company or are you kind of double do. your... Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. So it's uh, just in, in downtown Birmingham and I actually share an office with the two partners. They kind of, it's kind of how we got to know each other. They have their own turnkey business. So we share an office. It was just to, to minimize ca- uh, expenses. As, with, as far as the margins you mentioned for property management, there really are small margins when you're dealing with less than 100 properties. Like Now I'm getting to a point where I'm realizing the most beneficial part of property management is the leasing fee. And so getting new owners, getting con- like constantly getting 10, 20, 30 homes a month, that's where the real cash is made. It's nice to have that steady 10% of the rent, but you're talking, you know, somewhere between 50 and a hundred dollars. It's, it's pretty minuscule, especially, I mean, you just have a lot of expenses, you know, like insurance, office, Wi-Fi, payroll. There's just a lot that goes into it. So it's more of a long-term business strategy. Yeah, sure. No, no, no. I, I definitely see that from a networking perspective. You know, having your hand on the pulse of the the market like that can yeah. only pay dividends long term. 
What about the the real estate brokerage side of the house? How many agents do you have working for you? So I actually, I have not even built that side out yet. That's okay. something that probably towards the end of 2020, I'll start looking into building. But right now I'm, I'm I just got my hands full with the property management as well as the investing side. Oh, I know all about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do plan on delegating a ton more of stuff and freeing my, you know, just freeing my time. And I just sure. like, it's to a point where, you know, just, it, and that's a good thing. Like, I'm so glad that, you know, I listen to Grant, Grant Cardone a lot and he's like, you know, it's good to have new problems. You know, the problem right now is I have so many people wanting my attention that, it's a good thing. I'm not, I'm definitely not complaining, but now it forces me to pivot, to grow, to change, to adapt. And so, yeah. And what that looks like is, you know, hiring great staff that could do more than, than what I could do by myself. And they'll free me up to then expand and grow and hopefully provide more services and, and better service to other clients. Awesome. So let's, uh, let's dive into that, that 42 unit package. Can we get the, yeah. can we get the details of that? Sure, how, was, yeah. how was it structured? How much did you pay? How did you finance it? How much yeah. did you for all of the, all the dirty details? 42 single family homes spread out across Birmingham. So um, it was just this guy and his business partner. There were probably about 60, I think one was 65, the other one was 67. Just got to a point. I and mean, they've accumulated a ton of properties, more than just the 42, but they wanted to sell. You know, they wanted to retire and you know, just kind of cash out. So what I did, I actually came across that portfolio for a hedge fund that I work with, MSR, not thinking that, I mean, dude, it was like $3 million. So I'm not thinking, again, more playing with like, you know, smaller numbers, the 20s and the 30Ks, maybe 50s, 100s. I got this portfolio and I passed along to MSR. MSR didn't like it. And so I was just sitting on these, this portfolio of 42 homes. I'm like, let me pass this along to the two partners that do the turnkey business. And you know, just kind of like, hey, look at this, you know, wouldn't this be awesome type thing? I, I didn't think anything of it, but sure enough, one of the partners, Mara, was like, you know, we could probably do this. And so we kind of brainstormed and she came up with the idea of like, let's raise capital for the down payment, acquire the 42 homes, and then sell a portion of them to recoup the down payment. And so essentially we have no money in the, in the deal and we nice. now we own 25 properties. That's um, my favorite kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and what's interesting is, you know, as opposed, so I brought the deal thinking, you know, I'm, I'm an agent. I told him, Hey, look, here are two options. As opposed to paying me, you know, we ended up buying it for two and a half million dollars as opposed to paying me, you know, like, 70 grand as a commission, make me a partner in the deal. Give me 30% of the equity. I'll defer my, my commission. But then what that allows us to do is it saves on the purchase price. And then it just kind of allowed for the property management side to naturally be an addition to that. So yes, you know, I told my brother this story uh, last time I was in Miami. That's where I'm from. He's like, man, like, why aren't you taking 70 grand? You know, that's like, that's a lot of money, you know? <laughs> My wife would say the same thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, dude, and you have to know, uh, you have to know my background. Like, you know, I'm a first generation American. Like I grew up very, not poor, but, you know, just like pretty lower, lower middle class. And so 70 grand is a lot of money to me. So even to this day, and so I don't take that lightly, but what I was able to do, and I'm so glad, and I wouldn't have been able to make this this decision four or five years ago when I started real estate, but I was able to see the long-term benefit of being an owner as opposed to the quick hit of 70 grand. So now we probably own 
I know we probably have, you know, 500 grand of equity. And so 30% uh, of that is double, you know, it's about 150 grand is double than that 70, 70 grand that I, I initially would have gotten. So now I get the, the monthly cash flow plus I get the equity plus the appreciation on the back end. So how much is it cash flowing? Yeah. So I mean, we are still stabilizing the portfolio. We're looking at about, geez, man, I don't, more and Z kind of handled this side of it. So I don't have all the specific numbers, but we did our first owner draw last month and we did about two grand. And that's, that's not a lot, but we're, so that 42, we got them at such a deal because they needed work. And so sure. we were able to take all of that, the first, you know, five or six months of rent, we're able to apply yeah. it towards fixing them up and then selling them to where there's margins to actually recoup that down payment. Yeah, got it. So, yeah. do you know? Do you know how much? Like, what your business plan was? Like, eventually, how much they'll be cash flowing you? Yeah, <laughs> I actually I don't know that number. That that is a good question. Mara would have that number. She's more of the uh, on just on that side, kind of very analytical. Need you know, love spreadsheets. Me, I'm more kind of uh, the visionary, more kind of big picture. I think the goal is really it was like, hey, if we could buy 25 homes and not have any money into it, like anything is better than oh sure than nothing. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think, I mean, yeah, for it's, no it's other like, reason, if they're paying off the debt, you, you, yeah. you're building yep. equity there. I want to say it's somewhere probably around three or four grand is, is realistic after we stabilize them. Uh, like we still have about three vacancies, uh, doing the turnovers on those. And that's just another side of it where like, yeah, I'm starting to realize you really have to put aside money for repairs and capex yeah. because uh, if not, they'll sneak on you, man. They're like we had two evictions and one guy destroyed the house. And so it's like, are these, in, are these low income areas? No, I, I would say they're all B and C class. So um, okay. not A, but not war zone either. So they're all kind of run of the mill homes. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Well, cool. That sounds like a, a great deal. Is that your, your most recent deal or have you kind of, what have you done? Since yeah. Then? So I actually purchased personally a seller finance duplex. And so awesome. this one had just been on the market for a long time. I told, yeah, I just kind of pitched it to him and really took about three months of me following up, kind of building trust. You know, that's that's something that I'm learning, especially with seller finance deals is trust is such a big aspect of it. So like getting oh, yeah. to know them, showing them like, like hey, I'm, I'm, I'm a credible guy. I'm not going to have you foreclose because that's the last thing they want to do is have to do an eviction. So or foreclosure. So yes, I, I bought that duplex actually just about a week ago. I'm going to fix it up and then planning on refining it out. And and then so now for the portfolio side, we ha- we sold those, those 15. We have the down payment for another portfolio. And what we're looking at is a 24 unit, so 12 duplexes on one street in Irondale, which is just kind of outside of downtown Birmingham. And so that one's about they're asking one five, and we're gonna literally this week create a letter of intent and start that whole process because we have the funds from that initial portfolio. Awesome. So, what kind of debt are you getting on these these larger projects? Yeah, yeah. So, um, we have Aziz, the other business partner, has a really good connection at a bank here in town, Bryant Bank, and so we put down. 25%, so 75 LTV on the first portfolio deal. This one, we haven't even really started on the financing side, but I would assume it's something probably going to be similar or even better just because now we have a reputation of being able to tackle $2.5 million and, and pay back 
you know, I think we paid back almost a million dollars worth, worth of that debt within the, the eight months. Do you know what the terms of that debt is? How, how yeah, long yeah. it is? So it was a 30-year AM. Five, uh, so every five years they're going to reassess, but because yeah. I mean, they have a really good re- relationship that he said, Yeah, don't worry about it. We're, you know, we'll renew it. And I want to say the interest rate was right at 5%. Awesome. Yeah. So the money you raised, you said you raised money for the down payment. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So that one we, um, we brought in two just people who had some extra money that wanted to invest in real estate. And so it was a total of about 200 grand. I think it was about a hundred grand each person. And we told them, Hey, look, give us a 12 year note at 10% and we'll pay you back, you know, with the interest of it. And awesome. ended up, I so think you, we, you raised it as debt. We raised it as debt. Correct. Perfect. Yep. And the way that we pay them back was through selling the the properties that we purchased the other 15 that we bought at, you know, say we bought them at 75 grand and we were able to sell them for 110 grand. So that, that difference of, you know, 25, 35 grand was able to accumulate to that 200 grand to pay back, pay them back. Awesome, man. I love the creativity. Yeah. Yeah. Something that I wish I would have known back when I started real estate is creativity just exactly what you said like yeah. something that i do on the side is do a, a handful of flips a year and the rate the way that i got that fund i don't have 200 grand just sitting in my bank account sure. for flips i talked to one of my buddies who had a really successful business i said hey look loan me 100 grand i will pay you back in 6 months with the 10% interest so very similar to what i just said on the larger portfolio but this was more on just a scale Two. like a small scale were you giving it? I'm just curious. Were you giving ten percent sure. annually, or did you give them a straight ten percent for the six months? No, it was six months, and then so if I only use the funds for half the, you know, say three months, then I only give back, you know, half that ten percent. So you know, say it was a hundred grand at ten percent, I'd only pay them say five grand uh, for the three months. So I'm only using. I'm only. But you gave him, on, you gave him ten yeah. percent for. So if you would have held it for a year, you would have given them twenty percent. Yeah. Yep. But it was a, it was a six month note and I've done this about four or five times. And so now we're, we're to the point where we just have the system down. Like he, yeah. he trusts me to where hey, if I find a good deal, you know, send him the comp, send him the breakdown. He's yeah. okay with it. He just wires me the, the money. Oh yeah. Once, create, once they see yeah. that proof of concept, they don't even want to hear it. Yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's great. It's great for him. He's just sitting like wiring me money and I send him back a lot more, you know, in, in three to six months. But what that, that first flip that I did with that, like I literally, I financed the house plus the, the reno and I made, profited 30 grand. And I think it was about four months from, from purchase to actual sale, but with having no money, like I, you know, I just, I know that sounds crazy to a lot of people. Cause I, if I would have said that to myself about five years ago, I'd be like, that is so far, so far fetched that. I can never do that. But the reality is, is that it's real. Like you just have to be creative and you have to have the courage to ask, you know, and that's really what, what it boiled down to. And also being prepared, like having the knowledge of the market. Like I think the way that you hold yourself, that's why day-to-day like activities, checking on the MLS, looking at Zillow, like doing the little things add up because people then, you know, like this guy looked at me and said, he knows what he's doing. He's confident. I, I'm going to trust them with a hundred grand. And then I was able to make it 30 grand out of nothing, which then went to my pro- 
I'm growing my portfolio side. Awesome. So yeah. I do have a couple more questions, but I am going to warn you, we only got four minutes left because yeah. of, because of our technical difficulties getting set up. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you're joined twice. So Zoom yeah. thinks this is a group meeting and they cut me off at 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that was my fault, man. <laughs> so the one thing I want to know is, you know, what's your advice for people getting started or people interested in scaling? What? Yeah, yeah. I think the biggest thing that, that I could recommend or say is just do it. Just do it. Like you're going to fail. You're going to mess up like, Man, I've, you know, like the two evictions that that was recent. Like I'd never done an eviction before. Like, you know, that process. sucks. Yeah. You know, that's <laughs> not something that I was anticipating, but you know what? I could get through it. And I just tell myself like there, there is a solution to every problem out there, whether that's raising two and a half million dollars for a portfolio or whether that's getting a, a bad tenant out of a rental. Like you could do anything that's, that's, in the way you can jump over any hurdle as long as you just believe in yourself, man. Like as long as you really want it. And I think having that vision, like I, I write down my goals about twice a day minimally and that 10 K per month in positive cash flow from rental properties by 1231, 2020. Like I've written that probably a thousand times in the past year because I'm so driven for that one goal because, and, and I think the other side of that coin is finding content and joy in the moment. Like, that's not what's going to make me happy. I know that 10 grand a month isn't going to change my life, but you know, it's finding that, that balance of pursuing a goal, but also finding content in the day to day. So yeah, awesome. something like that. Yeah. Awesome, <laughs> I love it. I love it. The, uh, the normal three questions we ask at the end of our program, what's your favorite book? Rich Dad, Poor Dad, without a doubt, man. I, I reread that at least. I'm gonna start. Years. I'm gonna start removing that from the possible <laughs> answers because I think. Okay, all right. I think all I've right. gotten option it B. about 17 times now. Option B. Option B. The Wealthy Gardener. I read that last year, and it was a, a really good one. Who is that by? Man, I I'm terrible with authors, but it uh, is on Amazon. Yeah, The Wealthy, the wealthy Gardener. Gardener. I'm gonna check it yep. out. What's your favorite quote? <laughs> I have it up on my board. When you truly want something, all the universe conspires in helping you get it. That's from the Pablo Coelho. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I like that one as well. So what's your favorite thing to do outside of work? You know, lately it's CrossFit. You know, I, I just started about a month ago, but besides working out, I really enjoy spending time with my family. So I have an awesome wife and my three-year-old son and my one-year-old daughter. So, you know, just hanging out at home or fishing with them or just, you know, spending time eating, hanging out. Awesome. So where can our listeners find you? Our website is a probably a good spot or our Instagram. So freedomventurespm.com. That's our website or the Instagram is freedomventurespm. Awesome. Thank you so much, Danny. I really appreciate Thank you. Thank you, Sterling. And I look forward yeah, man. to keeping touch and hearing more yeah, man, of your we story. Will. Yeah, we'll be in touch, man. Take care. Awesome. Thanks for tuning in to the Rent Roll Radio Show brought to you by Cressworth Capital. We hope you enjoyed the show, and if you did, please hit the subscribe button and leave us a rating and review. You can also visit us at CrestworthCapital.com or RentRollRadio.com, or follow us on Facebook at RentRollRadio or at Crestworth Capital. If you would like to reach us, feel free to shoot us an email at info at RentRollRadio.com or sterling at CrestworthCapital.com. We hope you come back next week to join us on some more of our journey. Until then, happy investing.